0: In the last few weeks, maybe like some of you, I've had a number of doctor visits and medical tests. Don't worry, I'm doing fine. Everything checked out. But one of these tests for me recently was an MRI, which stands for Magnetic Resonance Imaging. MRIs happen in a tomb-like tube. And it's very loud, and magnetic and radio waves bang around and clang and somehow create images of the body. I know some of you are familiar with MRI testing. Well, prior to an MRI test, which means lying in this tight, enclosed space, the question gets asked in various ways, are you claustrophobic? Do you have fear of tight spaces? Do you panic when you are in a tight space? Have you ever had one of these tests and it not come to completion? They ask you this like three or four different ways. Claustrophobia is a real thing. An abdominal dread of being closed in. An abdominal fear, uh, abnormal fear of narrow. Spaces, which is exactly what an MRI machine is. I spent the long 45 minutes of this test closed in this tight space with my eyes totally closed, reciting as many scripture passages as I could (laughs) and singing hymns that formed my faith. I tried as hard as I could to lie still and stay focused so it would be completed, mindfulness, striving to stay calm. And I also realize this is a very spiritual place because I doubt anybody has ever been in there who wasn't praying (laughs) or trying to remember hymns that shaped their faith. Lying in an MRI machine, it's easy to understand why claustrophobia is a problem for many people. Tight spaces can be quite fearful. And then I started thinking about this and realizing that claustrophobia, the dread of tight spaces, might be really a helpful term for all of life, especially in these particular days, because we might not be lying in a tomb-like loud banging machine, but we can feel like life is squeezing us, tightening in on us, making us feel fear and dread. If you are dealing with lingering aches in your heart, maybe deep worries about your children, or maybe about a parent, or carrying heavy grief from a recent loss, life can feel pretty tight, closed in, dreadful. If you are facing a big transition and you have so much to do and lots on your mind to worry about that keeps you unsettled, it can feel pretty oppressive, not unlike an MRI machine. If you're fretting about chronic problems around our city or if you are feeling like we're going backwards on racial justice or women's health. Or losing ground on marriage equality. That can feel pretty claustrophobic. The world closing in. Claustrophobia is a word that has to do with fear of tight and narrow spaces. But so much about life can make us feel fear and dread in the same way. We might even talk about spiritual claustrophobia. Things get so tight and so narrow in our lives that we're not sure how God actually fits in. Where is there room for God in these moments? We might have so many fears and so many questions that God is actually squeezed out. If you hear someone say, I'm spiritual but not religious, that's pretty much a confession of spiritual claustrophobia. An inability to see how God could fit into life with all its complexities and questions and assumptions too much for god and god is then squeezed out and here's the reality when we're feeling claustrophobic we're not living our best selves when we're feeling claustrophobia even literally or either literally or figuratively we're not doing what god calls us to do trust god and serve god we get full of fear full of dread full of worries, they squeeze us, and we don't don't function so well. Anxiety rises, fears grow, and we get off track from what God calls us to do and to be. In our first lesson today, we have some words from the prophet Hosea, and we have a startling message. You heard it already. Kelly read it. God is so disgusted with God's people that God instructs Hosea to depict this disgust. Go and marry a wife of prostitution and have children of prostitution. Another translation says, go and marry a wife of whoredom and have children of whoredom. The children are given names that reflect God's disdain. The story of Hosea reflects both the anger of God, which is real, but fortunately the story of Hosea also reflects the, eventually, the abiding love of God, the steadfast faithfulness of God. Remember, the Bible story, the unfolding history of God and God's people comes to us in hopes that the people might live as God intends, knowing they're loved and knowing that they're called to love and serve in the world. The unfolding story of God intends to show us what life is really about, God's abiding care and our Loving and serving God in the world. This intends to bring about vitality and purpose and peace for all of us. But too often, as we know in the story, we get turned not outward to God and to the world, but inward. We get lost in our worries and in our selfish pursuits. We get actually claustrophobic. Where fears run rampant and anxiety grows and we do selfish and stupid things that mostly disappoint God the biblical story wants to help us don't go that way go this way don't go the way of selfish pursuits go the way of trusting and serving God that's the way to life and life everlasting once we absorb this story and it becomes part of us we're well on our way and we know that life will be well and all manner of things will be well We have a second lesson today. It comes from Colossians chapter 2. This is one of the many letters attributed to Paul that are found in the New Testament. Paul who is seeking to help faithful people find faithful life in God's abiding care, serving God in the world. It seems that the people of Colossae, the Christian community there, were struggling with many distractions to their faithfulness. Uh, Perhaps they thought Jesus was just a really good guy, but there were a lot of things that were appealing to them in the world. In the fast-moving Greco-Roman world of the first century, Paul uh, focuses on the centrality of Jesus for the Colossians, which is why this letter is so pertinent for us today. Listen to these verses. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted in And built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the universe, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily and you have come to fullness in him who is the head of every ruler and authority in him also you were circumcised with a spiritual circumcision by putting off the body of the flesh in the circumcision of christ when you were buried with him in baptism you were also raised with him through faith in the power of god who raised him from the dead And when you were dead in trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive together with him when he forgave us all our trespasses, erasing the record that stood against us with its legal demands. He set this aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and made a public example of them, triumphing over them in it. This is the word of the Lord, thanks be to God. So when life starts squeezing in, when life gets complicated and overwhelming, when fears and dread take center stage in our life, we want and we need to be called back to life and to faith and to living as God's people. And this is what Paul is doing. Paul's message to the people at Kalas and to us here, intends to reframe faith and life. Not squeezed, not claustrophobic, but expansive and trusting and serving toward God. Paul's words, written as often is the case with a warm heart and a convincing tone, call forth the best from us because of the truths that shape us. He's Reminding us of all the truths that shape us. He reminds us that we have received Christ Jesus the Lord. We're to live lives in Him. We are to stay rooted. Be built up. So established in the faith and abounding in thanksgiving. That is not a bad mantra for the MRI machine. Rooted. Rooted. Built up, established, and abounding in thanksgiving. That's our life. That's not a bad mantra for every day that we live. This is approach to mindfulness, faithfulness, rooted, built up, established in the faith, abounding with thanksgiving. When our life feels squeezed, when our life feels pinched, Pressed, pressured, perplexing, rooted, built up, established in the faith, abounding in thanksgiving, it just fills us. You can feel it. We are Christ's own people. God never lets us go. Not even the unfaithfulness that we read about in the Hosea passage can separate us from the love of God. God keeps working on us. God keeps working through us. God keeps working all around us through all things, redeeming and forgiving and saving us. And then these verses keep on. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit according to the elemental spirits of the universe. Wow. How important is that in these days? See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit. This is how the message translates this same line. Watch out for people who try to dazzle you with big words and intellectual double talk. They want to drag you off into endless arguments that never amount to anything. They spread their ideas through the empty traditions of human beings and the empty superstitions of spirit beings. But that's not the way of Christ. Everything of God gets expressed in Christ so you can see and hear Him clearly. You don't need a telescope, you don't need a microscope, you don't need a horoscope to realize the fullness of Christ and the emptiness of. The universe without him. Pretty good. We saw crosses carried into the U.S. Capitol on January 6. We've seen Christians trying to justify violence in so many settings. Justify racial injustice. Justify voter oppression. The degradation of women. We've gotten so good at distorting the message of Jesus to suit our own persuasions and passions and politics. Paul warns against this, calling us back rooted in Jesus, built up in Him, established in faith, abounding in thanksgiving. Does our faith define our politics or does our politics define our faith? This is a pressing question, and Paul is speaking right to it. Paul, to the Colossians and to us, wants us to get this right. Our lives are meant to be rooted in Jesus' life. Our lives are meant to be built up in Jesus' person, established in faith with thanksgiving. We stay focused on Jesus. He also says that we were buried with him in our baptisms and we were therefore raised through the power of faith, raised with him through faith by the power of God. Our faith, rooted, built up, established, is meant to be what defines us. We're to love God. We're to love what God loves with compassion and kindness and meekness and humility and patience. He says this Over and over, we're to bear with one another and we're to forgive each other as God has forgiven us and we're to work for the peace and the wholeness of the whole world. We're to care for the needy, help the hurting, strengthen the weak, tend to the troubled. We're to live in Him. He says, live in Him. And our lives are about spreading justice and love and our lives are about promoting peace and righteousness. Remember, Rooted, built up, established in faith, abounding with thanksgiving. This is the way of Jesus. This is our way. This is our way. Martin Luther King has a really great quote. He says, love is the greatest force in the universe. It is the heartbeat of the moral cosmos. The one who loves is a participant in the being of God. There's so many crazy things going on in the world. We have oppressive heat touching us all these days, scorching all kinds of places and creating crisis in other places. We have so much polarization and anger at how things have been or how things should be. It's hard to tell if the moral arc of the universe is actually bending toward justice because a lot of the time it looks like it's bending toward injustice and so many are being left out and The needs of the poor and marginalized are growing, and all of this can make us feel kind of claustrophobic, squeezed, filled with fear, filled with dread. Colossians offers some encouraging words. You have received Christ. Jesus the Lord, yours. Stay rooted. Be built up. Remain established in faith, not caught up in all tossed about by the storms of the world. God prevails, and God will always prevail. And our calling is to align our lives with following Jesus, which means doing justice and loving kindness and walking humbly with God toward the peaceable kingdom of God that's promised to emerge everywhere. This is our calling. If you Google the phrase, you had one job. If you Google that phrase, the results of that search are both shocking and hilarious. A tragic parade of impossible happenings, of unbelievable poor planning, of face-palming human error. You had one job. You Google it and you get photos of like a piece of melted cheese on the side of a fast food hamburger. Or... A picture of a crossroads where STOP is spelled S O T P. You had one job. Or a keep right sign where the arrow is actually pointing to the left. You had one job. A toilet li- see, uh, lid is actually underneath the seat. <laughs> Double parallel lines where It goes along, and then one of the lines goes like that (laughs) on the road. We laugh. We find amusement at all of these. But the phrase, you have one job. It's a good phrase. Our one job, according to Paul, is to live life in Him. Live life rooted, built up, established, abounding with thanksgiving in Jesus. This is what defines us. We're claimed by the waters of baptism. We're called to spread love and peace and justice and joy in the world. We're connected to Jesus. This is what shapes us. This is what also gives us fortitude for the challenges that come our way. Faithfulness for what comes our way. We're all, all of us, seeking to become who God made us to be. Disciples who love God and who love what God loves for the healing of the world. This is our calling. Our one job. May it be so. Amen. Let us pray. Shower us with your grace, O God. Claim us with your abiding love. Never let us go. And by your Spirit, strengthen us. We seek to live by faith with hope, for love and service in the world, following Jesus Christ. Amen.